Hello, and welcome to Jesuitical, a new podcast from the gratefully young, thankfully hip, and appreciatively lay editors of American Media. That lay part means we aren't Jesuits, but we work with them. Join us each week for a smart Catholic take on faith, culture, and the news, often over drinks. I'm Ashley McKinless, and I'm joined by... I'm, I'm here by myself. <laughs> Um, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm recording this a week beforehand so that we could all travel to our respective homes, but we didn't want to leave you hanging on Friday, so we recorded an interview with Brian Larkin. He is a expert in all things Jesuit basketball, so um, even though you're probably watching football right now, we wanted to get you ready for the coming basketball season, um, so we hope you enjoy the interview, and we'll see you next week. Today, we're pleased to welcome Brian Larkin. He works with the Association of Jesuit Colleges and Universities and writes the weekly roundup for the Jesuit Basketball Spotlight. Welcome to Jesuitical, Brian. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. So what exactly is the Jesuit Basketball Spotlight? Yeah, so the Jesuit Basketball Spotlight is an effort of the AJCU to increase awareness of Jesuit higher education through basketball. Mm. How does that work exactly? Um, so what we do is um, for the, the games between Jesuit universities at all levels, um, from Division One NCAA down to the NAIA, um, we uh, promote those games online through our Twitter and Facebook feeds. Um, sometimes during those games, schools will promote their own uh, Jesuit connections and heritage um, through uh, airing the JBS video to uh, 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 games of knockout between Jesuit priests was one recommendation. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just a, a fun way to get people more involved with the, the Jesuit side of college basketball. Are there any Jesuits out there right now who, who, who've got game? Uh, I have heard tell, but I can't say, I don't think. You've heard tell. Uh, I don't know any. Yeah. I, uh, there are a few out there who have beat me in one-on-one. Um, but Hey, that's not hard to do. <laughs> uh, I'm just want to let people know that I beat Zach in knockout two weekends ago when, that is... when we played. So <laughs> just had to get that in there. That is accurate. Point. Thank you. Ashley. I, feel, I feel like this is the story of Zach's life with his basketball aspirations. I'm, I'm always reminded of my failings in basketball. I'm, yeah. Brian, I'm sure like you, you it realized at some point you were making it to the NBA. So you, so you had to make a pivot. <laughs> this was, uh, yeah, that was about seventh grade. And I, okay. <laughs> Zach waited till <laughs> yeah. high school. I waited till junior high, but my, my seventh and eighth grade teams went defeated, meaning we didn't win a single game. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, Zach. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you, how did you get involved in, uh, in Jesuit basketball? So I am thoroughly Jesuit educated. Uh, I went to a Jesuit high school. I went to Fairfield. I went to Georgetown. Uh, I've, I've worked at Jesuit schools almost exclusively. Um, and I also just love college basketball. It's always been my favorite sport. Uh, I grew up watching those Georgetown teams with Allen Iverson. And um, then it was the, the Gonzaga teams of the late 90s, early 2000s that were always making those runs in the tournament that really just got me, it just got me peaked. Um, and so when I found that uh, there was a Jesuit basketball spotlight, uh, I spoke with Deanna House, who's the director of communication for the AJCU. And I just, you know, selfishly, I just couldn't think of a better person to, you know, to <laughs> talk about Jesuit basketball. 
If, so what would you say to a, a student at Loyola Chicago or Boston College who has never been to a basketball game at their school? Why should they go? Oh, why should they go? Mm-hmm. They're exciting. Um, you know, Boston College and the ACC, uh, that's a that's a young program, BC, that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of great potential, a lot of great teams coming in. Um, the super fans in BC are awesome. They, they always uh, create a nice little atmosphere. Um, you know, but it's also about supporting your, your, your fellow students. I think that's part of just being a student at a Jesuit university to support each other. Um, I know when I was at Fairfield, there would be, you know, in some cases, you know, fewer than a thousand fans in the stands, but it was always nice to see people I was in class with and to kind of cheer them on. So even if the team isn't, you know, a, a Xavier or a Creighton or a Marquette, um, you know, those games can be really fun just to be with your friends and to support your classmates. Well, I feel this way about basketball in particular is that you are very close to the court. You're very close to the players, especially at some of these smaller Jesuit schools, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's different than a being in a football stadium where you're watching a hundred people on a sideline do different things. Yeah, yeah that's true. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, I, I always like the basketball games where you kind of hear the squeaks of the sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the know, whip of the net. <laughs> it's, it's a very... Uh, there's a good audible nature to, to basketball. Um, so even if there aren't many fans in the stands, you can still kind of take enjoyment in that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some Jesuit schools that are doing pretty well this year, right, Brian? Yeah. Um, we have, I think, three teams that are ranked in the top 25. Xavier, who I believe is 15th at the moment, and Gonzaga at 17 on the men's side. And then Marquette, uh, for the women, they're ranked 16th. Nice. Um, so some really good candidates here for maybe, uh, you know, a dark horse final four run. Um, but, uh, based on last year, I have, uh, I have really high hopes for, for the Jesuit teams. Are you allowed to have a favorite Jesuit team or do you have to remain neutral? So <laughs> I remain neutral, uh, for the most part. I have my favorites. Uh, I, I have to represent my alma mater Fairfield okay. and, uh, my, where I, uh, got my master's Georgetown, and then of course Santa Clara, where I'm currently employed, has a uh, a special place in my heart. But you know, aside from that, fully neutral. And we sh- and we should say at this moment is Wednesday, November. What's today? Fifteenth. Fifteenth. Um, and so things could change as they do often in college <laughs> rankings. Um, but I see you fail to mention that Loyola Chicago is going to be a dark horse in the NCAA <laughs> tournament this year. Loyola Chicago is looking pretty good, actually. And I. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited about that because they've been very bad for a while. So they they had their moments. They were in. Um, they didn't make the uh, the NCAA or the NIT. I think it was two years ago. But they made a little run in um, the uh, CBI tournament. Uh, they, they've you know they they've got some credentials. They're a former national champion. So I'm kind of afraid to ask how Fordham's doing. I feel like that's my alma mater, Brian, and I don't <laughs> think we are anywhere near the top twenty-five. You, but I could be wrong. Is Fordham Division One? How many Division One? So yeah, I have that's a, a good. How many Division One Jesuit schools are there competing in the NCAA? There are let me let me actually count this here. I have my little spreadsheet, little cheat sheet. Here. <laughs> there are twenty. Okay. Division. Wow, that's more than I thought. Mm-hmm. Ah, um, they're they're spread all out. Lots in the Big East. Lots in the West Coast Conference. Um, but uh, yeah, spread out, and then of course you know eight other programs in the other divisions. Brian, who are some? NBA players in the league right now who people might not know went to Jesuit schools. Like we know Dwayne Wade is a Marquette grad. Are there any others? We, there are a few, um, Otto Porter for the Washington wizards. 
Uh, he was on some of those really good Georgetown teams from a few years ago. Doug McDermott, uh, he is doing well. Oh, yeah. uh, um, and then if you weren't watching the other night, Kyle Korver, uh, a Creighton grad, was uh, instrumental in the Cleveland Cavaliers comeback against the Knicks. Let's not talk uh, about that. As a New Yorker, I'm very saddened by that but game. But as an Ohioan, I was very excited <laughs> by that game. Uh, as a Virginian, so, I don't really care. Uh, <laughs> Um, so we we said that we're recording this early, November fifteenth. But are there are there any exciting games coming up after Thanksgiving that people should be looking out for in terms of Jesuit schools? Yeah, we um, there are uh, a few schools um, that are playing before uh, uh, Christmas. Um, there's a St. Louis Detroit matchup that's pretty exciting. Seattle is playing Detroit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but two that we're really trying to focus are a part of the Jesuit Basketball Classic, um, which is the first time in 10 years that schools are really branding their matchup um, specifically uh, as part of the Jesuit Basketball Spotlight. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first of those is Gonzaga and Creighton. On December 1st, that game will be on ESPN2. Um, those two teams have played a handful of times in the past, but not, I think, since like the, the late 70s. And then also uh, my alma mater, Fairfield, they'll play Boston College that same weekend on December 3rd. So we're pretty excited about those games um, as, uh, as part of a Jesuit basketball classic. That's awesome. I also feel like, you know, you're using... Uh, basketball is a way to inform people about the Jesuit mission. I feel like conversely, a lot of basketball programs at Jesuit schools would like just students to know that a basketball program exists. That was always <laughs> something I found at Loyola. I loved going to the games and I thought they were um, a great way to build community, but we had trouble a lot of times getting students to show up. How's that been in your experience? So, you know, some, some schools are more popular than others. Um, Creighton has a phenomenal fan base. I think they're top 10 in terms of attendance. <clears throat> Um, but, you know, others, uh, I think it's still very much uh, a way to get the student body out to kind of entice them to, to you know, be a part of the school spirit. Um, but part of the reason that we do the Jesuit basketball spotlight is many of the universities really have a strong history with basketball. Um, so Loyola Chicago have been national champions, Holy Cross, San Francisco. Uh, many schools have been to Final Fours. Uh, you know, Gonzaga went last year. Santa Clara has been there. Um, and so the attendance can, you know, it can it can range from really, you know, a packed house to, uh, you know, a few hundred people. But the enthusiasm with Jesuit basketball is always there. So, what, what, Brian, what do you say to people who think that basketball plays too big of a role in Jesuit with schools. Yeah, so you know, there's certainly some valid uh, points about you know the the overemphasis of athletics in education, specifically higher education. But you know, part of what we're trying to do is highlight uh, you know, the men and women on and off the courts. Um, so when we choose the National Jesuit Player of the Week, it's not always based on what they do on the court. Uh, and so we're really trying to encourage people to uh, you know kind of see these uh, see the players as student athletes, both on and off the court. Do Jesuit schools try to influence the NCAA in in like its labor practices and how it treats students? Because it seems like as Jesuit schools with a mission um, focused on social justice, that they would 
maybe want to change some of the practices in college basketball? Well, I think the NCAA would reject your premise of it being labor practices, because if it's labor, then they have to, you know, (laughs) compensate labor. Um, So I can't speak so much about that. I just don't know enough about it. I know there have been some efforts in the past. Um, You know, the, the Georgetown basketball program has been very closely related to social justice issues. Um, it was a few years ago they were wearing the T-shirts, the "I Can't Breathe" T-shirts, to kind of bring awareness to you know the the the, the deaths of Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin. Um, so there's certainly a way that through basketball schools can kind of share uh, you know their. Uh, uh, to help promote a, a message of solidarity or, or uh, focus on social justice. But in terms of the actual college basketball landscape, I think they might uh, hesitate to comment on that. Do you have a strong opinion on whether athletes should be paid or not? Uh, yeah, they bring in the money. So, <laughs> so, so yes, they definitely should. It's uh, without, without the players, there wouldn't be much mm-hmm. uh, to watch. So, you know, it's, it's uh, an interesting time for college athletics. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, there'll be some interesting things happening in the next few years that could really affect the landscape. Um, but, you know, there, there's money being made. So give it to the people who earn it. Is that is that the case of Jesuit schools even too? I know it's like, obviously the case at, you know, giant powerhouses like um, Ohio State or Texas or Auburn or Alabama, but uh, so I would assume so. I, I, you know, I don't have the financials with this. Uh, but um, you know, a lot of Jesuit basketball programs are, are big in terms of the national landscape. And, you know, things like the the NCAA tournament, the the contract, television contract with that, there's a lot of money going around. So, uh, yeah, I can't say, you know, I have a really strong opinion on that either way. But, yeah, there, I, I would say that they would be involved. Mm. Do you have a favorite moment in Jesuit basketball history? Ooh, good question. Um, man, where to start? So, uh when Gonzaga, I think it was uh, uh, Hall's runner in 1999 that sent Gonzaga to the Elite Eight, that was pretty huge. Uh, Georgetown beating, was it North Carolina to go to the Final Four, I think in 2007? Um, last year, though, I got to say, I was in San Jose for both of the um, – the regional finals where Gonzaga came back to beat West Virginia and then Xavier stunned Arizona. Mm. Um, so to see both of those games and then watch those two teams play each other. Uh, so one of those programs went to their first final four. Uh, I'd say that's gotta be my number one. Yeah. That was an exciting time last year. We had a, we had an episode on that matchup, I think we last did. year when it was mm-hmm. happening. Uh, w- is is there a better mustache than in Jesuit basketball history than Adam Morrison's? So, <laughs> uh, no, is the answer. <laughs> uh, Adam Morrison, uh, you know, he was one of the the players that really got me interested in, uh, you know, just kind of pursuing college basketball uh, and and not just watching it kind of passively. Um, he's a really interesting guy, a lot of interesting viewpoints, very social justice oriented. But it was his fadeaway jump shot and his mustache that really won my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Brian. So thank you so much for chatting with us. One final question for you. We asked all our guests, if you can canonize anyone, living or dead, Catholic or non-Catholic, who would it be? 
I would canonize Patrick Ealing, who led Georgetown to the national championship as a player and will uh, lead them back to the promised land. <laughs> as a New Yorker and also as someone who got into the NBA watching Patrick Ewing when the Knicks were actually good in the 90s, um, I totally approve this. I love Patrick Ewing. All right, St. Patrick Ewing. Pray <laughs> for the Hoyas. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to our interview with Brian Larkin of the AJCU. We hope that you have a happy Thanksgiving this week and look for us next week for a full episode. But in the meantime, we at the Jesuitical Show wanted to let you know that we are grateful for you, the listener this year. So you are our Thanksgiving. So we'll see you next week. We'll be back in full force. But until then, happy Thanksgiving and thanks for listening.